Blog Talk Radio. This is all about wine. <laughs> is all. <coughs> but we're not. Okay, what's... From coast to coast and around the world. You have questions? Call or email. No, don't call because that's not going to work. Yeah. Are we on? Okay. There he is. And uh, you sound like you're in a, in a in a big empty room, and because you're like echoing and stuff. Echoing. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if there's anything. Uh... Like you're awake. Yeah, Standing back away from the microphone or something. The sound—that's the sound I'm getting. Hmm. I have to—I have to listen to it and see what uh, no monitors are. Uh, well, there's way too many settings here. Um, yeah, I don't know if you caught that, but I had to—I completely—I think it was after the show uh, over the weekend. I completely reinstalled Windows 11, and oh. It saved, luckily it saved all my files, all, you know, 607,000, whatever it is on there. But, you know, it was there, and, and some of the apps were still there, but I still had to uh, reinstall a couple of And I just found out um, 15 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, that I hadn't installed everything because I was trying to get on here. Oh, no. Uh, can't find the file you're looking for. Well, look for it then. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> So I yeah I still have to uh, yeah I'm still looking for uh, whatever setting I need to I don't know I'll I mean if it's echoing too bad then I'll I don't know I'll just have to mute myself which I do anyway <laughs> right I'm talking, I do mute myself um, there is one thing though um, as we're getting started here uh, thank y'all for tuning in at seven o two seven o three p.m. seven o three yeah. And uh, I was going through Facebook right before the show started after the other issue and had to, you know, waiting for the software to install. And I, I came across an article about uh, Disneyland, and it said, uh, a water professional says Disneyland is the scariest place on earth as far as hydration. And looking at the article, it says, this guy is an acclaimed writer, TV persona, water tasting educator, and the world's foremost water sommelier. Sommelier? Yeah, and sommelier. People were, yeah. people were joking about it because, you know, they don't they don't associate that word with water. And so I started looking into it, and it's an actual thing. There is a professional is water it? people out there. It is. And he actually obtained the O1, O-1 visa reserved for those with extraordinary talents to grow to be a citizen of the United States of America based mostly on his expertise at distinguishing high-quality ingesting water. What? <laughs> what? I never heard of such a thing. Uh, yeah. And I, I was like, okay, is this just an article they did for publicity? But no, he's, he's been on – or he's on National Geographic – um, he is in 2014. He was America's only water sommelier. Um, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a big deal. And I and I put on one of the comments, you know, you know, must be a joke or something. And I put on there. I said, you know, I produce this wine show, and I know what a wine sommelier is, and you know what it takes to get up there. I didn't know water was a thing, you know. Right. But this guy's up there, Martin Reese. Um, some big deal in the water industry, I guess. I, I never heard of this. Uh, I've never heard of him or a, a water sommelier yet. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> odd, yeah. you know, to say the yeah. least. 
know, he was talking about the hydration choices at the Disneyland Resort and, you know, all this, you know, Coca-Cola, Sprite, and all that kind of stuff. And then he starts talking about the Sani water, uh, bottled water, and all that other stuff. And uh, it's just the whole article goes into a, a specialty. I didn't know that was, you know, I don't know, maybe he's still pulling one on us, but uh, I just thought that was kind of funny. That to, is really strange. Yeah. I've never heard of yeah. such thing. I mean, you know, I, I yeah. water? water <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you I mean, switch it around and go, oh, this is clear. Just, oh, hmm. I, I, this has I a little, little taste of, of toilet. I mean, it's all, dude, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, this, this is not edible. Uh, I'm not, not looking for cons- uh, you know, consumption, but uh, yeah, it's just, um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to look that up myself and look up mm-hmm. water sommelier and see if mm-hmm. uh, uh, see if there's anything on it or if I can find out anything. What What is his name again? Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, Reese, R-I-E-S-E. Uh, and apparently there's a film called The Water Sommelier, uh, National <laughs> Geographic. Uh, he... He's a very uh, one of a very small pool who have made a profession of tasting and judging water. What? There's water judgment. Oh my I, gosh! I, I, sure. Um, maybe we maybe we should have a sub show called All About Water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not not to belittle the guy, but that just seems really odd. No. <laughs> you know? I, I thought when I, when I saw the headline, I go, no, that's not a thing. There's no way. And I was going to join in on the, you know, the the, the comments are like questioning, are you kidding me? That's a, you know, yeah, that's not really. And then I go to Google, and there's, I mean, he's interviewed on CBS News. He's he's on National Geographic with something. Um, <laughs> Water menus I'm seeing. I mean, there's. I don't know. Um, that's going to be. I'll. I'll. I'll got to look that up myself. That. That just seems. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. You know. I mean. I, I thought myself I, uh, until I saw it, and I go, okay, these are not. These are not jokingly. You know, National Geographic is not a a fly by night. You know. No, it isn't. It's it's. Uh, it's not something that. Uh, wow! I, I just I don't know. Uh, oh, David Freed is another one. Portfolio I've got a portfolio. Reese is the most well known, and then there's uh, David Freed or Freed F R E I D. Um, tasting, analyzing, judging. Oh my gosh! I, uh, I'm judging. Stuff. Yeah. Judging water. I wonder who submits samples for them to judge. I wonder if it's you know your local <laughs> water department or. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that opens up a whole field of questions in, in mm-hmm. itself. They're talking. Uh, they're talking about spring water, mineral water, um, is sparkling water. I mean, they're. I guess so. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's, you know, I mean, yeah. not funny. Aha! Just funny. Yeah. Odd. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought. I was like, no, it can't be. They misspelled, you know, water taster or something, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, really. It's, it's a thing. It's a profession. A water sommelier. Um, oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. I'm glad you found something that like that. That is... Everyone's going to come across something and to bring it that up. That is really I, interesting. I didn't want, to, didn't want to take over that, but I thought that was in a way related to wine, but then again, it's like, no, there's... Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real deal. Um, that is, <laughs> I never heard of such a thing. Well, you know, if they get water sommeliers, maybe we'll start seeing sommeliers in other areas, too, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, like, could uh, could Cap, Kaplowitz be a cigar sommelier? Yes, yes. He, yeah, he should I become mean, a... Cigars, my the whole the whole group of guys in there. I mean, you know, yeah. they can they can just you know become judges and yeah. and become you know cigar sommeliers. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> That's funny. That that is yep. funny. Are we we uh we hooked up to anybody anything? Are we live or Oh yeah. Yeah, we're on Facebook and uh YouTube. Okay. Yeah. So they both and we got and mm-hmm. you know, it was an issue last week. You said you got that yeah. taken care of then. Yeah. Yeah, well, I got it taken care of last week before I had to reinstall <laughs> had to reinstall Windows, but it, it was just a ridiculous thing. I, I thought, yeah. you know what, I'm doing too many things going on ten minutes ago. Let me see if I can do uh well, uh, yeah, yeah everybody out there know we have another issue with my sound this week, although I was able to two weeks ago, was it two weeks? Yeah, I guess two weeks ago, we didn't do a program because I had problems getting on to Blog Talk Radio and Mike couldn't hear me. So if he can't hear me, then no one can. I tried all sorts of steps I can think of to get rebooted, get on and everything, and nothing worked. And so we end up doing, well, we, nothing. Mike ended up doing a 15-minute show and then shutting it down because uh, I wasn't sure. there, and obviously he oh. wasn't prepared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, I didn't have the material. I was, like, fishing for ideas. Uh, yeah. Like, oh. So uh, we did the show two weeks ago. The last week we got on, and... We had a problem at the beginning, too, and we both had to shut down and reboot and get back on, and we were able to get on, and everything worked okay. Yeah. Again, when I tried to get on today, it was the exact same thing as two weeks ago, except when I called in on the guest line tonight, I was able to get through, whereas last <laughs> week, I, they, or two weeks ago, they wouldn't even let me through the guest line. And so Mike had to go in as the host uh, because without that we can't do anything. And uh, you know it's just it's the whole stuff in there. But I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I just I have problems like this. Uh, you know, every other week we have a guest coming up in a couple of weeks that uh, yeah. uh, we're going to have to you know have everything hooked up for it and ready for it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we uh that's why Mike is uh to me anyway, he sounds a little distant. He's on he's on the host line and uh he's he's uh doing that. So uh you know, bear with us. We uh even after thirteen years we still got bugs we gotta iron out here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, recording recording these is looking better and better every time. I know, I know. That's very true. You know, we don't have to worry about this you know, issues. We can always yeah. do it. Uh, yeah. Do a pre-recording and then put it in the yeah. time slot. But yeah. tonight, uh, actually, my uh, engineer just brought me in a wine. Uh, so, uh, that was nice. This is Urban Barn. U-R-B-A-N, Urban Barn, Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a California 2020, and it says on the back, let me turn my light on. I had a storm go through here, too, right before I started to hook up. I don't know if that was part of the issue or not, but, uh, yeah. So, Urban Barn, 2020 Cabernet Sauvignon, California. It says... On the cusp between city and country lies the urban barn, rustic yet chick. These barns were once used for cattle and horses. Now they are built and contain barrel rooms and fermentation equipment. This is the new barn, the winery, the urban barn. Vented and bottled by Urban Barn Winery, Manteca, M-A-N-T-E-C-A, Manteca, California. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, 13% alcohol, and then the required government warning on it. That's all it says, you know, Urban Barn. Uh, I, I have not had this yet. We find deals and we get them and... We got a stack of wines here that we we taste all the time, different wines. But this is the Urban Barn. Let me see. Hmm, very nice Cabernet aroma to it. 
Uh, I don't know how long she had it open out there. Uh, I'm in in the den, bought myself in here to do the show. And oh, very nice Cabernet aroma. It's got uh, I'm getting a hint of pepperiness in the in the aroma. It's got some plum. I can I can smell the alcohol too. It, it seems the alcohol is quite strong in the in the aroma. Let me take a sip. Huh. Little light, but good mouth filling. The legs are a little 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 light, but they're there. Second sip always. Oh, nice. It's you can taste the oak. Obviously there's some oak aging on this one. Uh the oak is there. The fruitiness doesn't come out real well. Uh the plum I was tasting in or I was getting the aroma was not passed on to the taste. It was uh, a little hot, uh, which is a term used, for those of you who don't know, uh, wine being hot is a term used to describe uh, alcohol taste or alcohol content that starts to take over the taste. A little hot on the initial taste, uh, but then that dissipates uh, pretty nicely. The aftertaste is, uh, so far, it's been the most enjoyable thing of everything. It's still there. It's starting to come out the Cabernet the classic Cabernet flavors in the aftertaste, and uh, it's uh, uh, really nice uh, on the aftertaste, but I'm a little, again, a little disappointed in the front end of it. Let me pour myself more. She was a little stingy on her, her initial pour. Uh, but let me see. Okay, well, that aroma is coming out better on this. Plum, some dark fruit, hint of currant. This isn't bad at all in the aroma. I think it just needs to open up for a while. So what I will do is I will talk to you and let it sit here and let it open a little bit and see. I will revisit it in a few minutes here and we'll see what we got and if the aroma opens up even more and if the taste opens up and all that. So we will see on that. So, okay, what uh, when I rebooted, I lost a lot of, the, of my tabs. I had a bunch of tabs open that I was going to talk to you tonight about. And when I rebooted, obviously all the tabs closed. So I'm going to have to flick through them here and find them again for us. And, uh, okay, not that tab. Let's go back to here and see what we got. Oh, come on. Uh, okay, there we go. Um, Ridge Winery. Here's one of that I was going to talk to you about. Castle Ridge Winery is located in Iowa, southeast Iowa, uh, in uh, a town of Leighton, uh, Leighton, Leighton, I think, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. I'm going to have to call it my relatives in Albia, which is about half our way from here, and ask them how they pronounce the town's name. I think it's Leighton. But Castle Ridge Winery is located at 1681 220th Street in Lighton, Iowa. They're southeast of Des Moines, a little southeast of Pella, Iowa. Uh, In fact, Pella has a great tulip festival every year. They are open seven days a week year-round, and they have 
uh, let's see, a new pork recipe out that's made with red, white, and blue wine for the upcoming holiday. Um, you can check that out on their website. Uh, go to uh, com, And they have their weekly uh, wood-fired oven pizza every Thursday and Friday, 7th and 8th. Ooh. Oh, July 7th and 8th. I just want to say, why that? Thursday and Friday, July 7th and 8th from 5 to 8.30. Pizzas served until 8 o'clock. And so you can get all sorts of different pizzas, wood, wood-fired pizza. They also are doing tastings, but uh, reservations only. You have to call ahead and do it. And they have flights. They have a couple of different flights. I think two flights, uh, depending on the flight. I make No, five tasting flights. Wow. Five tasting flights. And they serve warm bread and uh, cheese and dipping oil with it. Uh, and also oh, salted cashew nuts are also included in it. So those range from 20, 15 to $25, and they've got gift certificates and all sorts of stuff. I've told you about Tassel Ridge before. I'm telling you about it again. By all means, if you're ever in that area of the country, southern Iowa, check it out. It's really a nice winery, great people, and the wines are – the wines tend to be sweet. Um, they use a lot of the, the Midwest uh, muscadine type grapes, but not all of them are. There's a whole different styles and all that. The the red, white, and blue wine is really not not sweet at all. It's really quite good. I've had that before. So uh, check out Tassel Ridge Winery, located, I could say, in uh, southeast Iowa. And let me see. I know I have other stuff here that I need to talk to you about. It makes me mad that this is not working properly. I have to blame it on Blog Talk Radio too. I, it's only only thing I can think of that's causing these problems. And so, uh, okay. Well, it's not in that section. Let me jump over here in this section and see if it's. What I want is in here. Um, okay, here's another one. Henry River Winery. Again, I've talked about them quite a few times. Uh, they said the uh, they've got all sorts of things going on in Henry River Winery. June 19th, which is this weekend, uh, has a uh, their last... Sunday live music before they take a break through the summer because of the actually because of the heat it starts at two o'clock ends at five thirty. Uh, they uh, said pack your lawn chair head out to the winery. Uh, we'll have wine by the glass, by the bottle, or as a slushy available for purchase. Uh, the group um, oh Faisu McLean McLean. And Brandon Turner with Roll In Cuban. I have no idea what music they play or anything else. But it's a free music series that they do. Also, karaoke is, uh, they do karaoke coming up. So I'll keep you informed on that. Uh, Hometown America, Thursday, June the 23rd, 6.30 to 8.30 of Let's see more info about that. What is Hometown America? I don't know. Uh, Paint party. Uh, Paint and sip party uh, at the winery. Uh, uh, Beverages are available for for purchase. Uh, Wine tasting is not available. You can buy wines by the glass. Uh, You can purchase a souvenir uh, cup to go with you. Uh, Obviously, pets are not allowed. Smoking and vaping is not allowed. But it's uh, $42, which includes all painting supplies and a free glass of wine. And light snacks will be available as well as door prizes will be available. So uh, if you're there, you want to join the Hometown America Paint Party, you can do that. And 
Let's see what else they got coming up here. Uh, there's tastings and all that. They are located at 1650 Dusty Road in Newberry, South Carolina. Their phone number 803-276-2855. So, again, if you're in that part of the country, that's a good stop there, too. And, you know, if you do stop at any of these wineries that I'm telling you about, tell them that All About Wine. You heard heard about them on All About Wine. Uh, they would enjoy that and show them. I think they've all been guests on the show and show them that being a guest on the show is a is a good thing there. Okay, let me see here what else I've got. Um, wine Spectator is having their Wine Spectator's Grand Tour in Florida. Uh, 200 wines rated 90 points and above. It's going to be Saturday, June the 18th, two days. It's going to be at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida. That's just north of uh, Fort Lauderdale, right? Hollywood's north of Fort Lauderdale, not south. Okay, so uh, Hollywood, Florida at the Hard Rock Casino and Hotel. Over 200 wineries. uh, You can get tickets online. They have wines from all over the place, all over the world, and they are all highly rated wines. Uh, oh, my gosh, down, it's a download the wine list. There's, you know, 200 wines here you can actually get, and I mean literally from all over the world. So uh, that is this Saturday, uh, right, 16th, 17th, 18th, no, that's Sunday, 19th is Sunday. Father's Day. Oh, well, that's a good present for Dad, taking him to this thing. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine his his surprise? You will definitely be the favorite child if you do something like this for him. Uh, this is three cities, three spectacular wine tastings, but the one in Florida is taking place this Sunday. Uh, let me see how much the tickets are. Just tell me. Florida general admission two hundred seventy five dollars VIP admission three hundred seventy five dollars. Uh, so the VIP gives you more time, more tastings, and, and some extra stuff is for an extra hundred dollars. VIP everything outlined plus an extra hour and tasting of two hundred wines, uh, souvenir uh, Redell wine glass, uh, and a selection of food, so I uh, fill up on the food and all that, but it gives you the extra hour, and believe me, when you go to wine tastings, you start walking around, and you're saying, oh my gosh, the time is up, and you wish you had that extra hour, so, so this weekend, this Sunday at Seminole Hard Rock, and uh, Las Vegas has already been done. That was June the 4th. Washington, D.C. was June the 10th. And here we are down in Florida for the June 18th. Uh, Wine Spectators Grand Tour. Okay. And let me go back to this. Um, Okay. an article that I was going to talk about and as soon as I can find it we will but okay okay here we go I found it yay (laughs) let me do another aroma test on this wine since it's been open for about 20 minutes now Oh, yeah, the aroma's opening up a little bit. I'm getting a little bit more berry flavor, blueberry, blackberry. The plum is still there. I think I think the plum is overpowering, but it's also opening up those other berries in there. And it doesn't give you the, the smell of the alcohol. I told you the smell of alcohol. It's dissipated since it's been open for a little bit here. So, taste. 
that's open up too. That's nice. Uh, the the alcohol doesn't overpower the taste like that first sip did, so leaving it open for a little bit to help that. I'm still not transferring that aroma of the the plum and the blackberry blueberry into the taste that much, though. It's that's sad. I really wish it would. Uh, the aftertaste again is really delightful. I like the aftertaste on this wine. That's one of the, the finish, if you will. Either either way, you can go with the word. Uh, very very pleasant that way. So, all right, that is Urban Barn, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Urban Barn, California Cabernet Sauvignon, 2020 vintage. So this is uh, reasonably young. I mean, 2020 vintage is reasonably young for wine. So there we go. Okay, everyone is aware. Uh, you should be if you're not, but everyone is aware of the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. And I jokingly said at the beginning, before they invaded, I said, oh, Putin wants to go in and invade Ukraine because he wants to get the wine, because Putin's a wine drinker and he enjoys his, his glass of wine and or bottle. And I said that Ukraine is... a big winemakers, and that's why he's invading. Well, I've got an article here about the Ukraine winemaking, and it says that the war is really starting to threaten this. It, they've been making progress for years, and uh, the war is starting to is starting to cause some problems. So uh, the Ukraine's wine culture has blossomed in recent years, but now because of Neglect and well, destruction. Uh, it is starting to fall apart again. Uh, Ukraine's wine, though. Let me uh, tell you a little bit about some of, some of their wines and some of their prices. Uh, here's a Cotner Hills a Cabernet Sauvignon, 2014, 84 points, and it is six dollars. You know, you're going, wow, six dollars. You know, they're they're all all pretty cheap. Uh, the uh you know, the um my, are you getting my engineers in here and I'm gonna ask her, are you getting uh any plumminess, uh, blackberry out of the aroma or taste? Yeah, I, that was my first major. The the plum was coming out, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't do blackberry. I'm getting some nice after. I'm getting some nice aftertaste, but uh, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, so <laughs> she came in, and the cat ran here too. And the sad thing is about the cat in here; she likes to walk on the keyboard, and there would go everything. Uh, that all right so uh I know I do. okay here we go uh the wine aromas of pomegranate and black plum uh flavors of cranberry and black raspberry finishes short-lived yet pleasantly acidic that's what they're saying about this not not the one i'm drinking but the cabernet sauvignon from the ukraine the appellation ukraine 12 percent alcohol it says and uh from Cotner Hills Winery, and they have quite a few listed here, quite a few wineries here, are wines listed, 19 of them, but 84 points, 82, here's one that's 86 points, which is a Muscat, uh, 85, 83, 82, 86, there's another 86, there's an 88, a Reserve Riesling. Let's see what that says on the review. Uh, that's $9. And it says this has aromas of white flowers, honeysuckle, and flavors of lemon custard, guava, and lemon rind. Uh, the finish is rounded yet crisp. So these are Ukrainian wines. This is what they've been doing. Let's go back to 
what they had to say about the about what's going on there. Uh, Ukrainian wines have been around for a long time. Uh, they good viticultural history and some nice international connections. Um, oh, jeez. Okay, let's put that there and submit that and click that. These pop-ups, you, everybody deals with them. Uh, so there's a, a winemaker that's in the Ukraine that was born and raised in the Ukraine in uh, Odessa, actually, which is the third largest city in Ukraine, and he has worked for years in the Finger Lakes region. And so he's uh, familiar with cold weather. The, uh, the In the Ukraine, the immigrant venters from Switzerland did their first planting just south of Odessa in uh, around 1822. So this is the country's oldest winemaking company, the Odessa Vinprom, uh, yeah, Odessa Vinprom. And it was founded by a winemaker from France in 1857. So a little back history there. Uh, during the Soviet era, though, they said that they lost all of their vines, and they were not just left there to die and are unattended and just let go. They were actually cut out of the ground. <sighs> Why, I don't know. I don't understand the reasoning behind that, but that's what they did. Uh, the vines were cut out of the ground. And so in the uh, end of the 90s, when they started to put everything back together again and make wine again, they had to start from scratch. A, uh, a full thing, because no vines, no anything. Uh, the winery that they're uh, at now is the, uh, what's it called? Uh, his own winery, well, it doesn't say, just let me see what's it called. Uh, I'm going to click on it and see, are you over 18? Yes, I am. Now, if I weren't over 18, I would still click yes if I want to get into it. That's sort of a silly thing to do. Um, Ace is, uh, oh, no, that's, uh, oh, uh, the, uh, the guy who owns the winery and runs the winery and is, is, uh, Stakhovsky, Stakhovsky, S-T-A-K-H-O-V-S-K-Y, Stakhovsky, a tennis player, and Stakhovsky is, uh, actually, beat uh, Roger Federer in, uh, at Wimbledon, knocked him out in one of the early rounds at Wimbledon. So he has himself uh, a, uh, a background in that, and now he owns the winery. Uh, they have 20 hectares of uh, rent. He rented 20 hectares, and Sergi is what they call him, uh, first name, uh, but Stakhovsky Wines was uh, uh, first harvest was in 2018, and uh, he makes an Ace by Stakhovsky Merlot, uh, a, a Saberavi, and a Treminer. I don't know the Saberavi. I'm not familiar with that. But those those are his wines and. He started that, and he says he is on Ukraine's western region of Zakarpadia, which is also known as Transcarpathia, uh, neighbors to Slovakia, Hungary, and Romania. And he says the region is excellent, great growing conditions um, for all that area, the foot foothills of Carpathian Mountains. And on the uh, other side, the uh, Pannonian Plain, uh, which the plateau on which Hungary lies. So a little lesson in geography along with this here. Look at that. Uh, but uh, Ukraine's other leading wine regions along the Black Sea coast 
in the country south, those are the ones that I'm familiar with, those ones that I've seen, they have had problems. The uh, uh, winery, the Beykush, B-E-Y-K-U-S-H. And let me see what what Beykush, what the winery uh, site says. Beykush Wine and Art, family-owned winery. Uh, their vineyards are surrounded by water. They got let's see, eleven, twelve different wines. Uh, they have a Beykush Wine Club. Oh, all sorts of neat stuff there. So, Beykush Winery is located down in the lower part of Ukraine by the Black Sea, and uh, they uh, say that they can see missiles landing in the vineyards and destroying parts of the vineyards. But they said everyone still is working and trying to make the wine. Well, that would be somewhat distracting, if you ask me. If you have missiles landing in the vineyard, why? what if they just happen to hit the building? I mean, so uh, they tend to try to keep things on track. And uh, they said a lot of the employees have left to go defend the country and uh, they said they are trying to protect the region around them and from firefights and looting and stuff so it's been a concern there another winery a major producer in the Kherson region Kherson K-H-E-R-S-O-N obviously I'm not Ukrainian so I'm probably destroying these names for you Uh, Kherson Sun region has been occupied by Russian forces since the second day of the war. Uh, that is the Prince Trubetskoy winery. And let me see what it says about this. Uh, it says a lot about this, but it's written in Ukrainian. So I really can't tell you. Hmm. Uh, but they got a map to show you where it is. And... Uh, well, there's some stuff in English. Uh, birth of wine, terror, vineyards, winemaking. Nice little article there. So uh, you can check out these websites. These are really some nice websites. Let's look up Ukrainian wines and go to some of the websites and uh, check out the, the wineries. Uh, so... They, uh, even if the wineries themselves made it through intact of the war, uh, many local roads did not, and uh, which stopped shipping completely. And the logistics and the timing uh, of the arrivals of the employees are impossible. Here, be to work at uh, eight this morning, and you know you have a road that's been bombed and all sorts of stuff around it and everything. And you know I can imagine how difficult it would be to try to run something there. But uh, they're saying that they, uh, because of all the stuff, the wineries are still operating as many as they can, as much as they can. Uh, but don't expect a 2022 vintage, uh, especially the south part, the uh, area along the uh, uh, Baltic Sea there. They don't expect much of a vintage. And they said they would be surprised if a whole lot of the wineries uh, survived down there. Uh, Winemaking and, and wineries started to make a comeback in recent years in Ukraine. They've uh, been embracing Georgia's uh, Saparavi, Saparavi grape, um, which is uh let me see i let me click on something here and see what it says about it here's uh the uh the uh, Teliani Valley 2020 winery uh uh Saparabi uh grape it says aromas of black cherry caramel and toast paved the way for flavors of black plum raspberry butterscotch bitter orange violet and anise Grippy tannins lightly recede into a flowering finish. $16.90 points 
it was awarded. Uh, but Saparavi grapes, I suppose I can go to my grape list and tell you what it is, but I'm not going to. Uh, 89 points on that, but the Saparavi, hmm, Saparavi grape is a Georgian grape from uh, uh, their neighbors in Georgia. Uh, they used to hold festivals and wine festivals and uh, all sorts of stuff there. It was growing in popularity and really starting to take off until the invasion uh, by Russia. Um, they're saying that the huh my uh, my light just burned out. Hmm. Uh, they said that the uh, uh, the grapes that they're making, the wines that they're making now, are really doing quite well. But they are in desperate need of supplies, things like cask and fermenters, bottles, other equipment. And they're asking their European counterparts, European neighbors, if they would be willing to donate these things to the wineries in Ukraine um, so they can keep going. Bottom line here, it says the thing that we don't know the magnitude. We're trying to see the scale of what's going on and how big of an effort it's going to have. We're too early and the war is too fresh. And most importantly, the war isn't over yet. So Ukrainian wines, uh, right there in the birthplace of the civilization next to Georgia and stuff like that. So again, look it up, look up Ukrainian wines and, and look at some of their uh, wineries. It's very very interesting what I did. I didn't want that. Okay, here we go. So, okay, lace wings. I don't know if you're sure what lace wings. Lace wings look something like a dragonfly. Four wings and uh, little small things. They look something like a dragonfly. Well, lace wings are being used in a lot of wineries now around the world try to control pests. They're also referred to as aphid lions, uh, A-P-H-I-D, excuse me, aphid lions, because of the predatory nature in the vineyard. And they became a major ally for growers around the world. Uh, it's a uh, eco-friendly method, and yeah. it's good for uh, organic, certified organic, biodynamic, and a lot of these other types of uh, certifications you can get because they are, you know, pests. Are, they are natural predators, and they are being let loose in the growing, in the spring, and one method is to have little cards, uh, like index cards with eggs on them, which are grown in, in lacewing farms, I guess. Um, but they put them out in the vineyards and let them hatch out. Now, these lacewings will eat mealybugs, aphids, thripes, leafhoppers, spider mites, and that's just some of the things that, uh, that they'll take care of. Uh, it says that despite their short lifespan of just two to three weeks, in that period of time, they will consume up to 250 leafhoppers, uh, leafhopper nymphs, or 11,200 spider mites. So they are really quite uh, prolific eaters when it comes to that. Uh, they set out the cards, and they said that setting out the cards is quite labor-intensive, but it is well worth the time and effort. They're looking at now doing a less labor-intensive release. There is a... Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, my head just, you know, stopped right there. Uh, using drones. There, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, 
they're using drones to put the lace wings out there instead of having to go out and put the cards out all over. Uh, drones are being employed, and they said it's much faster, much easier, less labor-intensive, and cheaper. So uh, the lacy winged. Let's see where am I? Okay, the lace wings uh, or aphid lions, as they're sometimes called, is now the new vineyard pest remover. They find that it's it's working extremely well. Okay. And there's something else. We've talked about, well, we've talked about climate change a lot. I mean, we're always talking about climate change, and everybody we get on as a guest tends to bring it up every once in a while, and with good reason. It's affecting the vineyards. I was playing golf today, and I mentioned something to the two guys I play golf with all the time, I said, I'm, I says, I'm not sure what all I'm going to talk about tonight. And one guy says, how about climate change? I said, <laughs> I've talked about that an awful lot. I said, it's, it's you, you can't help but talk about it when it comes to grapes and vineyards and stuff like that. He said that he had just heard that they are, uh, he, not heard, but he saw a program that was talking about the climate change in the Champagne region of France, how it's starting to affect the grapes there and how it's starting to affect the uh, the outcome of the grapes. I asked him what show, and he can remember, because you know, anymore you can look up anything on YouTube. But he said that it's starting to affect the grapes. The show was really talking about how the heat is uh, affecting some of the big wine-growing regions of the world. And he said because of the heat in France and the Champagne region particularly, he said they're saying that California probably could pick up the the gauntlet, if you will, of Champagne and do it. And I told him, I said, you sure? And he goes, yeah. He said that's, uh, they were saying that California could be the, the next one. Well, I don't know. I mean, California's going to have to step up on their their champagne wineries because there's not a whole lot of them. I think there's a couple, three of them, and that's all I can think of right now. But there may be a lot more. But making bubbly can be quite intense because of the pressures the bottles are on and all that stuff. Well, he also said that they mentioned Italy and Spain and Germany and the whole European continent of how climate change is affecting the grapes there and all. So uh, I've, I saw this article, will climate change help hybrid grapes in the U.S. wine industry? And I thought, well, yeah, possibly, but they're, they're still not catching on yet. I mean, when you go out and you start looking for wine, you start looking for names you know. And you don't often think about grabbing something else that is not familiar to you. Well, the pressures of all the different things in grapevines, I mean, stink bugs, spotted lanternflies, uh, insects that feed on the vines, uh, you know, it just it goes on and on. But this is because of the European grapes. They were brought over to the United States and a lot of these bugs are American, if you are, North North American continent. Uh, problems, bugs, all this stuff, getting into these uh, Vitus vinifera grapevines. And the native grapevines of the United States have never had these problems. So the hybrid grapes are a cross between the Native American grapes, indigenous, and the European varieties. So this is what they're looking at doing now. Now, in fact, the article even said that the uh, uh, indigenous grapes have always been referred to and as, as foxy or musky or not 
you want to try. You talk to some people, though, and they said, you know, I, we, actually we talked to a winery out of, uh, what was it, uh, Kentucky, I think, and he did muscadine grapes, and he said we should embrace these grapes. These are the best grapes in the world and all that stuff. So they're sold on it. But I've always thought they had this, and, and Foxy was, I, I thought, was one of the best description uh, best descriptive words you can use for the muscadine or the hybrid grapes. And it's hard to explain what I mean by foxy, but it's just like it was like a fox tails ran through your mouth to me. That's really what I always looked at as foxy. And they weren't clean and they weren't, uh, you know, they, and they were sweet. Well, the hybrid grapes are overcoming a lot of these problems that you associate with hybrid grapes and especially with the American native grapes because they've been working on it and all that and so you're coming up with grapes that are much uh, well I wouldn't say much better yes much better uh, much better than what they were and because of that they're looking at embracing that in the wine industry of the United States. And it's something they need to do. Now, there are some ignored grapes out there that they can use instead of just the hybrids, uh, the what they call the heritage grapes. Uh, heritage grapes are ones that uh, are genetically uh, different from the Vitus vinifera, there are and the Vitus. Um, I used to know all these, all the uh, all the American grapes uh, names. I can't think of it, um, but they don't really get the disease. Uh, these are the Burden B U R D I N, which is a heritage grape. Empire State, which is the name of another one, and the Jefferson, uh, the Burden uh, Bird. Burdine, Burden, Burden is a red grape. The state is a green grape, a white grape, and the Jefferson is also a red grape. So, University of Minnesota uh, has uh, oh, there you go, Vitus riparia, uh, which is often referred to as Minnesota's native grape. They've produced some hybrid wine grapes that can flourish in colder regions which is good things here because they can put them up north. And uh, they are uh, coming up with great ones, as is uh, Cornell University. They have constantly came out with some new grapes and new new hybrids that will grow well. Uh, The small amount that's being made, though, now, is not even making a dent into it. Uh, according to, let's see, the amount, the total U.S. wine consumption, this is by Wine Spectator magazine, said that in 2019, consumption uh, was around 328.9 or 329 million cases a year in the United States. So, a long ways to go for these hybrids. But the hybrids may be the grapes of the future because they are more acclimated to the climate, to the climate change and to all that. Wine grapes that we get from Europe really are quite fragile. They uh, don't, well, they can't stand the cold. They can't stand... Uh, too much of the heat, they you know they've got to have the right amount of water and stuff like that. Whereas the hybrid grapes are bred to, are mixed and to be able to withstand the cold and uh, be more tolerant of the heat, be more tolerant of drought, and also be able to fight off uh, downy mildew and uh, all these other types of afflictions that will affect just the straight European grapes. So you may be seeing more on the shelves. And uh, it, the, the thing is with it, it's not going to 
jump out and take over all the way. But give it a try because it, you may find some of these that you really enjoy and that you find is uh, worth picking up every once in a while. So those are hybrid grapes. And one other thing I want to mention here, too, is I, I said before something about the Michelin stars, Michelin star restaurants, uh, a while back, and I wanted to check on that. Well, Tampa just recently got awarded three new Michelin starred restaurants, and uh, St. Petersburg didn't get any, but Tampa got three new ones on uh, on the list now. Michelin restaurants are based on the cuisine, uh, the wine list, and just different different criteria that you know is minute, but they look at all this stuff. And I thought, well, you know, that's pretty cool that they got this. But as I was going through and reading the article even more, I found that there's a lot of the Michelin restaurants, Michelin certified restaurants, are dropping out of the program, are not wanting to renew their Michelin association. And it's because they said it's just too difficult to keep up with the rules that they have. And also they said it's... uh, uh, the cost and people come in thinking that because it's a mission it's going to be a certain way and they said that they don't like that so a lot of them are dropping out so I just found that interesting that uh, you can not renew your your membership I guess is called or not renew your whatever it's called and uh, being a Michelin restaurant, and uh, just if you don't like it, just say no longer. Although I don't know, I, I guess people aren't aren't as impressed with it. Maybe it's just me, but uh, a, a Michelin restaurant. I guess if you go into a restaurant, it's a Michelin restaurant. You're going to expect to pay a lot more money because it is a Michelin restaurant as opposed to one that isn't. And that might be one of the factors for these restaurants dropping out, too. So so there's a a bit of information for you tonight. I apologize for the, the sound and whatever on this. I'm, I'm going to have to get a hold of Blog Talk Radio and ask or Mike. You, you can send them an email since it's, you know, it, I don't, and so explain well, gonna, that. I was going to contact them uh, anyway, not only just the problems that we've had here, but now they're going after your lights. I mean, that is just... They're that, yeah, people, I know. That's that's just that's the final step you know, there. That is that's really... Your, own, your online, you know, your audio, they can mess with that because, you know, that's something you almost expect, not out of them, but obviously not yeah. so regular... But then, when you said your light just burned out, I thought, okay, that's yeah. too far. And, uh, well, you know, yeah. and it's not just like it's it's a a uh, present light bulb, or well, they don't have them anymore. But uh, it's not <laughs> yeah. just like that. This is a round light with a magnifier on it, so it's got to be a round. Oh. Yeah, so it's it's a special light, and uh, yeah. you know, it just it just burned out. You know, so oh. yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Never had one of those burn out like that before on me. So, Sounds um, like a I, same type I have on my uh, my hobby table that I have in here. It's where I can yeah. see things and it magnifies it and everything. Like some of these parts, got to look at you know really carefully. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it definitely helps. Um, yeah, I do but, stamps uh, and coins, and that's what I use it yep. for. And uh, oh yeah, it definitely yeah. helps. Yeah, you know? but uh, my light yeah. burned out on it. It just Wow. It flickered a few times, and all of a sudden it just went mm. out and made a buzzing noise, and I turned it off, and mm. it's it's gone. You know, so I hope it's not no. the uh, the uh, ballast, or not ballast, but the filament or whatever. Uh, yeah. Because mm. I had to re- replace my last one because the I don't know something went out on it, and I couldn't just put a new light bulb in it. It just didn't work. So I hope it's not the yeah. same thing with this. That could get expensive having to buy new lights every time that they break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. 
Well, we will uh, go ahead and close the show out for this evening on uh, June the 16th. It's, uh, it is 1.05 a.m. in London, 8.05 p.m. here on the East Coast, Eastern Time, and we will be back next Thursday live, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook, and YouTube on June the 23rd. So and hopefully, mark calendars. Yeah, we won't have any issues. Yeah, hope we don't have any issues. Yeah, you're going to have to email them and tell them what's going on. I mean, every other week we can't do this. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So, so, thank you for listening. Be safe out there. We'll see you next week. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Why. (laughs) (laughs) That means can't. We can hit a button here, can't you? Let's see. Outro action, if that works. No, it doesn't. I can't control it. I'm a guest. It won't let me control the keyboard or the switchboard. That's true. Oh, there we go. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at... Okay. Did you start that other one? I started it, and then it turned off on me. It's still running, though. But it's oh, not I turned it off. Sound. Okay, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah. I tried to play it on this end and, and hit the exit button or the stop button. Oh, we're still on. Let me uh, unhook us from... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. There we go. Okay. Going to the green room. Okay. I think I can go to the green room.